Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. Today, before we get started, I want to ask you a small favor. If you wouldn't mind, if you haven't already, please hop on whatever your podcast platform of choice is and leave us a rating and review. We love five stars the most, but if you feel the need to dock that, hey, at least it helps us grow, right? <laughs> I'm your host, Ben Trueblood, here in the studio today with Nathan Howard. What's up? And Katie Wiley. Hello. And we're excited about a conversation with Jaslyn Dixon. Jaslyn joins us from the most famed cultural epicenter of the Western Hemisphere, the fabulous Orange County. Shortly after deciding to follow Jesus, it dawned on Jaslyn that she wanted to be a Christian counselor because it combined her passions for loving God and loving people. Jaslyn has a master's in marriage and family therapy and is a licensed MFT. Jaslyn also holds a master's in spiritual formation and soul care from Biola's Talbot Seminary. Jaslyn spent several years working in government programs and a community clinic before joining Reality LA's staff as gospel care director. Jaslyn, we're super excited that you are here with us for this episode. Thank you so much. I'm really honored to be here. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Well, I would love to start off just with... Uh, something that Katie mentioned in the little section about you, and that's the combination of uh, loving God and, and loving people and how that came together for you in this counseling arena. So I would love to hear a little bit more about that and how that happened in terms of calling and what brought you to seek out counseling as profession and ministry kind of put together in one. Great question. So yeah, growing up in my family, a highly relational family, and going to school for me, I just a very extroverted person. I love people, value relationships, and with that, as I was in school, didn't really love math or science or English or history or <laughs> PE. I I loved lunch, and I uh, I was like, hmm, how can I get paid just to like be with people? That'd be great. Yeah. So I came to know Jesus in high school. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, even though I went to a private Christian school for most of my elementary. Came to know Jesus in high school. And with that, I uh, started serving and really through some of my own experience in the church where there was just a lot of brokenness and failings, uh, moral failings in leadership, just really saw need for healing in the church and mm -hmm. desiring freedom and health in his bride. And so I think at a young developmental age as a high schooler and a young spiritual age as still being new to the faith, I started serving and really just pursued that educationally through counseling and through kind of my passion and serving and uh, my personality. I think that really just formed a calling that has just continued to be more and more specific and really seeing the Lord just redeem and use my story and participate in the work that he's doing. Yeah. So that led you to master's degree in marriage and family therapy and licensed marriage and family yep. therapist and a uh, master's degree in spiritual formation. And you on staff at your church as the gospel mm -hmm. care director. So help everybody yes. understand what gospel care director means. Great, great question. Um, so it, it can mean probably a lot of things to a lot of different people, but I can tell you what it means to me and what that looks like in, in my role. And even just the term gospel care is specific. You know, there's a lot of different 
terms that can be used of like lay counseling and or just care ministry. And those are all all good. But often when we think of the term counseling, we think of like a professional or we think of something that most people just in community or in the church or um, whatnot aren't able to do. And so we really wanted to move away from that because we're people who are to receive and reflect the care of Christ. Mm. And so what does that look like for us to be a not just counseling, because there's a lot of kind of stigma that come with that, yeah. but really care. But we don't want to care just in general. We want we don't want to do platitudes or weird self-help or other things like that. We want to really care in and by and through and for the gospel. So that's really where gospel care came together. And so what that looks like for me and my role is I really, I help create different trainings and equippings for the church. I have a very small little like caseload of seeing individuals that for for lack of a better term, maybe have different needs that it's best to kind of uh, see me in the church as opposed to maybe like outside the church. And then I do a lot of consultation, wanting to be a support to other ministries or other departments because care happens everywhere. Yeah. Right. So we don't want to just export care. We want to also be care informed and we want to be really come alongside contextually what care looks like in those different spheres. So if that's youth ministry or if that's community group, if that's kids ministry, that that looks different in different ways. But it comes from the same work of being with our great counselor yeah. and reflecting the care and, and love of Christ. So you guys have woven this into like the fabric of who you are as a church in teaching people how to care for each other alongside if you need counseling and mm-hmm. kind of in the way that most people think about it in terms of a more professional mm-hmm. environment like we have that and alongside mm-hmm. of that we're also going to be intentional about teaching people how to care for each other i think that's really really awesome i know you and i had a phone conversation or zoom conversation yeah. and just kind of getting to know each other and, and getting to know your ministry and that's mm-hmm. one of the things that has not left my mind since our original conversation <laughs> was how it how it's not just we have a licensed therapist or counselor on our staff Mm-hmm. but that it, caring for each other is woven into the fabric of who you are. And so yeah. Jasmine, I'd love to hear just some things. Now, obviously I want to, for everybody that's listening to this, I want to state right away, like some of you might be thinking, man, that's awesome. But our, our church isn't like, we don't have that position. And we're going to talk about some things that you can do, even if this isn't how you're currently structured. So we're going to get real practical. Uh, so mm-hmm. spoiler alert that we're, we're going to get there, <laughs> but I would love to hear from you how some of the like awesome stuff that you've seen, some of the wins that you have seen in making caring for each other, a part of who you are, uh, either in church family and staff as well. Because I think one of the mm-hmm. important topics that we hit a lot is here's the importance of you as a pastor being involved in a counseling environment. So some of the wins that you've seen, how you've seen God move and work by providing a space for people to care for each other. Yeah. Oh man, I could talk about this for, for hours. This is, <laughs> this is good. This is money. I would say kind of my, my vision or just like philosophy of even ministry is that we don't want to be a church that just has a gospel care department. We want to mm. be a church of gospel care. It's good. And so I'm trying to work myself out of a job. Yeah. Right. And so th- this side of heaven, I have a lot of job security, but, um, but especially as, as 
a director, as someone who is on staff at the church, I understand the role is to equip the church to be the church. So God forbid, if something were to happen, I'm not here tomorrow, things still move forward, mm. right? And so we're, we're, we're really like sowing in, we're reaping. What does that look like to really give ministry away, to empower, to equip? Because there's going to be people who are not able to, like I would never be able to connect to certain people that as we equip the church, that's just going to like flourish. Yeah. And so with that, the focus that we really have is, saying that growth and healing and care and equipping are two sides of the same coin. Hmm. So often when we think of discipleship, it can be more cognitively oriented, which isn't bad. That's beautiful. But if we're looking at holistic discipleship, that's going to involve our emotions, our relationships, spiritually, mentally, even financially, right? Creation oriented. What does that look like for us to really grow in all those areas? And so I think of, you know, in Ephesians, when we're putting off the old man, putting on the new man, right? And that is, that's healing. That's growth, right? That's discipleship. And so, and that's a process. It's a long process of sanctification that God is faithful to, to show us and shepherd us in. So in looking at kind of like maybe two sides of the spectrum of how we started, there's community groups, which is kind of where like the life of the church for us really happens. This is where relationships, this is where you're living into the word, you're, you're doing ministry, you're really getting to know one another, you're, you're, you're missionally oriented. Because again, we're in LA, so we're spread out all over LA County. Yeah, and which for those people who aren't familiar with that, uh, like the drives could be hours between other people in in the church right so oh, like yeah. it's so for if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with LA county being spread it's not like maybe the well it's not like the county that I live in where I can drive from one end to the other in 30 minutes it, there's people are significantly yeah. more spread out than than that sorry to interrupt i just wanted to make sure no. that we- <laughs> It's funny because in LA, you never talk about the miles you live apart. You talk about the time. So literally we could be three miles apart and it'd be 40 minutes to get to one another because of traffic. So it's just, yeah. So we're, we're really fingers crossed for like hover automobiles, anything like that. That would be great. So we really wanted to do equipping and care for folks as they are in community group, as they are doing life together, as they are building relationships. So how can we equip people for where they're at in those spaces? And then the other side is when there is severe or urgent need that really warrants clinical intervention, how can we build up a referral source of gospel-centered clinicians, mental Mm. health clinicians, um, relational experts in the city that we can really almost entrust as like extended family that we can use as a diverse community of care to support their overall holistic healing as they still journey with us in community groups or in the church or just in doing life together. But they that may be beneficial for them to have just additional support because I don't know anyone who has said that they have too much support. Yeah, man, that's so true. I love everything about this, that it, it is both <laughs> a recognition of like, we have to care for each other mm-hmm. and when you need that clinical support, we're not just going to yeah. say, go over there and do that, but 
mm-hmm. or outsource that. We're going to help you mm-hmm. find someone that is extended family. And mm-hmm. we also will still be here with you. So it's not, we had, uh, we, we had a, a recent episode where we, uh, talked about with Jason Gibson is his name. And he talked about mm-hmm. when you refer, we were talking about student students that are referred to and when to know how to refer a student and those kinds mm-hmm. of things. And he talked about when you refer, it's not just, I'm going to move this problem off of my plate problem in air quotes mm-hmm. off of my plate mm-hmm. and onto the clinic's plate, but that mm-hmm. you're still a part of that care team. And it sounds a yeah. lot like what you just explained. And like, this is the community of the church. We want to infuse care mm-hmm. into it. And we want to partner with local experts in our community that will also mm-hmm. be connected to that. And it's just, I think it's so, so, so important. And one of the things that you and I talked about that has stuck with me as well is how those caring environments and Jaslyn, I, I know in the short conversations and time that we spent together, I know that you would say, we haven't figured it all out and we're still working. <laughs> like I know all of those things are, are you would say too, but mm-hmm. one of the things that I thought was so beautiful was when you were talking about how infusing the care into those mm. communities, those small mm. groups laid the groundwork over the last year and a half for people to really have some of the difficult conversations that the church has had to wrestle with over the last year, race, mm-hmm. politics, and countless more, because this last mm-hmm. year has been just a Petri dish of things that the church has had to wrestle with. And so mm-hmm. I'd like for you to give our listeners a little bit of behind the scenes look at how moving towards caring environments really was the groundwork for hard conversations, uncomfortable conversations, people to be able to have with each other. Yeah. So, so my mind automatically goes to creation Hmm. because creation, we are, we are relationally made. We're, we're made um, as image bearers of God. We're made to reflect the shalom of God to one another. We're made, you know, scripture is full of one anothering. And that's just really hard to do. Insert the fall and things are pretty well busted um, (laughs) to to say the least. And so, but God is doing a work of redemption and healing. And so we, it's, we often think that we, we know how to listen or we know how to care. And most of us, have grown up in families where we have not been explicitly emotionally shepherded Mm. to know how to walk alongside one another, much rather even how to make sense of kind of what's going on within us or the world around us. And so with that, the church is really intended to, I think, be a place of healing and really growing and knowing what does it mean to to love as Jesus loves? What does it mean to bear up with one another? What does it mean to prefer one another? What does it mean to grieve with one another, to rejoice with one another? Because for a lot of us, it's it's we're more comfortable maybe caring. We're more comfortable giving than we are receiving because receiving is really vulnerable. And so I think with that, the real heart of what it's looked like to say, how are we going to equip? It can't just be intellectual. It can't just be the jump between theory and practice in like relationships and care. That's, that's like a chasm, right? So you can read all day about stuff and that's great, but it's really when it's applied, when it's tested, when it's put into practice, 
that it really illuminates what's kind of in our heart and areas of growth and areas of, of healing and beautiful strengths. And so I think in, in that way, really being able to offer an equipping that is both didactic. So there's a teaching element that's experiential. So it is like relationally oriented. And then to have a space of coaching and feedback, because mm -hmm. so often we don't get that. So really wanting to have those three factors. And when you do that, you're really, in a sense, like a discipling of like apprenticeship, which is really what for me, I feel like I see in, in scripture is like a follow me come with. And so we really wanted to lean into that. And so part of what we've done is we've created really spaces that reflect what community groups would look like, maybe six to 10 people. So we wanted to make it as kind of mirror of that as possible. We have a small teaching portion, and then we have specific tools that we practice together in those groups. And we have facilitators that help really facilitate that space that also they lead by example, and whether that's sharing their story or reflective listening or kind of gospel fluency. And then we have a space of feedback after each interaction. Mm. And it really is a beautiful and powerful space as we go through kind of a gospel framework of kind of creation, fall, redemption, and then, you know, consummation of saying, what does that look like and how we can really bear with one another, really listen with one another, as we also engage really being sensitive to the spirit and uh, living into what we see that scripture speaks of. So I can pause there because we can, we can go on for a long time, but, um, but that's really what, what we call gospel care basics. Yeah to really lay the foundation for that. I love the framework there of teaching and then experiential and then a time for feedback. And mm -hmm. uh, man, there's so many applications in that, in, in like you've described it in the care environment and building the small group experience around that. But even like if we take it to our specific audience here, as you are leading in student ministry and as you are working with students, man, I think there are a lot of environments where the teaching is done really well and the experiential is done really well, but that feedback loop or that coaching moment at the end is really, really missing. And so that that's one of the things that stood out to me about this mm -hmm. feedback. And honestly, that feedback portion is essential if we're going to build an environment where people feel like I can speak because I will be heard. And mm -hmm. I can be vulnerable because I know the others are going to be. And there's this mm -hmm. creation of, man, I can talk about something that, to use another phrase that you used that, from, from scripture, I can put something out there because I know that someone is going to bear with me in this. Yeah. And yeah. that, man, I think if anything, well, there are a lot of things that stand out to me over this last year. One of those is that inside the church, we don't bear with one another very well. And mm -hmm. that has, man, that has really stood out to me. And I think it has been the, the positive of that, I think, is that I think there are some that are noticing that. And there are student yeah. pastors that are looking around and saying, when we went virtual, I had trouble tracking with where my students were and where my families were. And so I've changed the scorecard from people being there to me being there to mm, me mm -hmm. being with these people and bearing with them in their stuff. And so mm. both a challenge and a good thing that have come out of this, but man, in general, mm -hmm. the bearing with one another is 
is a real challenge. And I, man, I love the church. It's the bride. And I, man, <laughs> I, I, I love her. And, Same. and I think like to admit that we don't bear with one another well is not a shot at the church. It's just a human brokenness coming through that mm-hmm. we've got to, we got to rely on the spirit and do better at that. So if you're listening to this, I'm not taking yeah. a shot at the church, but mm-hmm. just recognizing the reality in my own self too, that, yeah. man, I could, I could do a lot better at bearing with rather than pointing at perhaps. Come on. That's a word. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. None of us wake up like this, right? Like this is, and if we, if we can't be honest with the reality of the areas of growth and healing, then we don't explicitly invite Jesus in to mm. really shepherd us in. And so I think, I think even there's a, there's an ability to say, how can we be honest? Right. And, and still be a part of how can we not be cancel or critiquing? I want to be honest and speak truth, right? But I want to also be a part of what God is doing in that work of growth, in that work of healing, because we serve a God who's honest, yeah. who's not afraid of speaking things out, and who's not afraid of the bride being what the bride is, which is covenanted and loved and most beautiful, and also is deeply in need of healing mm-hmm. and restoration and and ha- and there's been a lot of pain through the church even in my own story having experienced a lot of pain in the church when i first came to know the lord if you were to tell me that i would be on staff at a church i would say that that from what i had seen was kind of like the least safe place mm. yeah. <laughs> so i knew that my ministry was going to be wherever the lord would have me because also there wasn't a role for a you know, licensed clinician on staff at a church that I had seen. And so I think I'm, I'm really grateful for how even the Lord has, has done a work of healing in my own heart as I've been brought in to be a kind of like chief participant of, of healing in our, in, in our church and in the, the surrounding churches. And the, the Lord just continues to pursue His bride in leadership, in spaces of receiving, in spaces of, of giving, that that is all glorifying to the Lord. And mm-hmm. so one of the, I think, the, the really rich, formative places in my own story is coming on staff and even as we, as we do gospel care basics and the creation of it and whatnot, you know, our first emphasis was caring for and equipping our leaders. Mm. And so the beautiful thing is that our entire staff, all of our elders, all of the staffs, like wives, spouses, everyone on staff actually went through as participants through gospel care basics because they said, we want to, we want to learn, we want to grow, we want to have tools, but also this isn't just for those people. This is for all of us. Yeah. And so what does that look like when those who are, are teaching scripture or those who are leading ministries or those who are, you know, really kind of like leading others, what does that look like when they actually first go through and say, we want to receive, we need to receive, help equip us. Like that speaks volumes, right? And to be able to say to other folks who go through the program, oh yeah, all of your like your pastors and staff and deacons and community group leaders, they've all gone through this. And it's like, oh, oh, really? You know, like it becomes, uh, it really honors the the humanity of we're all growing in Christ and we all want to bear alongside one another and grow in that because that's hard to do. 
it just straight up is. And if scripture says that the world will know us by our love, by how we treat one another, man, we got a witness to really pour into and to grow and to prioritize because it's hard to love. It is hard to love. Yeah, man, there's so much there. I love that the staff is, you use the phrase chief participant. And I think for something like mm-hmm. strikes me that is for something like this to truly be woven into the fabric of, of who you guys are as a church, it can't yeah. be just, this is something that we think is awesome for our people. It has to mm-hmm. be something that we think is awesome for us too. Like that's how culture, yeah. that's how the culture's built. And so what yes. would you, what would you say for like, I'm listening to this podcast and maybe I'm a student ministry leader or a pastor, or I'm in a situation where it's, where this is not woven into the fabric of who we are. We don't have a licensed clinician in a staff role that's helping to guide these things. Mm-hmm. What are some practical steps that I could take to kind of move the ball down the field on caring for each other and beginning to raise the importance of counseling in our lives, as well as the importance of the equipping and growing. Like you said, the two mm-hmm. sides of the same coin, the healing mm-hmm. and the growing and equipping. It's a lot to get to the question of what can somebody do to take some steps towards that direction? Yeah, no, great question. Well, I mean, the first thing that I would say is pray. Get get a, get people who see a need, who are, are burdened in similar ways that you're burdened or that you know the spirit is really at move in the church and pray. We can do a lot in our own strength, a lot of real good, but it may not have eternal fruit. So pray. Secondly, I'll give a little kind of like behind the scenes sneak attack, if you will. Yeah. I would say one of the real importance kind of like beauties, even as I say care and equipping are two sides of the same coin, is that you're the, this is primarily equipping. So this is an equipping tool, but secondarily and not too Two short secondary, I'd say like 1A and 1B, is that it's a space where people, for people to safely begin to receive care. Because we practice these tools with one another where someone is, is, share, is like sharing and then someone is caring. And then we build on different tools around that. And so often if people are hesitant to maybe like the caring portion or what does that look like, or I don't need this or things like that, they will be willing to say, Oh, if I can, if I can grow for somebody else in this, Mm. they're willing to. So we really, we really emphasize that it truly is equipping. I mean, there are tools that people come out of this with. They're like, I thought I cared. Well, I just actually am like waiting for someone to stop talking so I can say my point. I'm not actually listening. And I'm definitely not engaging the trialogue of listening to the spirit, listening to the person that is like sharing and listening to what's coming up in my own heart. Mm. I'm just kind of like, I'm just doing this kind of like what sticks out to me. So really we get to even practice what was that like to listen, to engage the trialogue, even for people who maybe aren't sharing or caring in that exchange in the tools portion. And then we have spaces of actually, what is that like to receive care? We actually help people process that out. And so the basics of what we've also found is that if you actually know how to listen and how to care, you know how how much more how to deeply share the gospel, not just to someone's circumstance mm. or to or to like a, a situation, but to, to their heart. And so this is we found that this is an incredible opportunity for evangelism 
for what does that look like to actually listen to people and actually be with people and and that people will share i mean people are just waiting to really share and to be heard and they're longing and as again as believers we have the opportunity to to bear the image of god not not perfectly but even in the beautiful brokenness of sharing our own stories and listening to them we get a chance to offer a taste of shalom and what a gift so i think i think that's probably what i would say for folks is pray pitch it in a way where you see where is this most closely related start with people who are just willing to go through it, willing just to, to listen. Because also as people come out, they're like, I'm, I'm actually listening to the spirit and I'm praying more often. I didn't even know how little I was actually kind of like going through and, and not praying because it really makes like holistic whole life, like pray without ceasing of this like awareness and sensitivity to the spirit of God and a sense of like discernment and a sense of receiving another and not having to fix not having to save, which for most of us mm. in the church is a bit of a bent for us, if yes. we will. Uh, can anyone say savior complex, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so it's it really is just a beautiful way of saying, oh, there's a value just to be with, to Emmanuel, to incarnate, mm. and trusting that the spirit is at work even as I listen in as much as if I say the right thing or say something. Yeah, man. Uh when you talked about how this coincides with us sharing Jesus with others, mm-hmm. my thought was it should not be revolutionary of an idea that being with someone and listening to them and caring for them is the way that we connect with their heart and show them who Jesus is. Yet, mm-hmm. when we talk about training people or even just talk about sharing their sharing faith with someone else, mm-hmm. not a lot of time is spent on here's how you listen. Yeah. It's all yeah. about here's all the things you say and what you have to get through in order to give mm-hmm. this gospel presentation. Mm-hmm. And man, like I'm just I'm excited and totally burdened at the same time on this evangelism mm-hmm. topic because well LA is a very different ministry environment in mm-hmm. a lot of ways mm-hmm. uh in the in the kinds of people that you the multitudes of different kinds of people that you guys at reality would interact with on a daily basis now some you know some of yeah. you listen to this like you're like hey my church is in Miami and it's the same cool that's awesome mm-hmm. not everywhere's <laughs> like that but everywhere has people who desire to be cared for and listened to mm-hmm. rather than just us to get through our spiel. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. it, it just should not be revolutionary that listening and caring for someone is, is the way to transfer Jesus. So I really yeah. appreciate you saying that that stuck with me big time on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be what Jesus is about. Mm-hmm. I think it takes a lot of pressure off to say I'm a I'm a part of the way the Lord is loving someone. Yeah, I may not I may not be. Who knows what my role is to this person? But if I'm willing to listen to the Spirit and listen to them, I probably have a better chance of being in the pocket with where God's at 
And I think the other thing is that like people know if they're an agenda, people know if they're a project. Totally. It's just what it is. And so, you know, what does it look like to actually trust the spirit of God at work? If all I do is listen to someone for these 15 minutes, do I trust that God is powerful enough to be at work in that? Yeah. A phrase you just used that I wrote down that's gonna, that I'm going to make a part of my regular vocabulary is the phrase, <laughs> being a part of Jesus loving someone. Man, yeah. <laughs> it's so, I mean, that, it's so strong. Well, and that, isn't that what the church is? Yes. Like, isn't that the bride of Christ? Aren't we called and meant to, to be the hands and feet and heart and ears of Jesus, to be the body of Christ? Like, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So it totally is. And so, and so often it becomes this, like, I'm going to show Jesus love. Or I am going, I'm supposed to love, but to phrase, I think, I think words Mm -hmm. are really, really important. Katie is our resident word Mm -hmm. expert. I know, (laughs) believes the same. She's a writer (laughs) and all of that kind of stuff. Are you going to put me on the spot right now? No, I was, you can take the spot if (laughs) you want. Uh, But the way that that's phrased of, I'm not just going to show Jesus love. I'm not just going to love someone, but I am going to actually be part of Jesus loving someone. I think they all point to the same way, but it turns the words there, turn Mm. it on its head in terms of what that really looks like. Mm. And like we, cause everybody, we would all say and church people. Well, I think church people would all say who are believers, Jesus Mm -hmm. loves everyone. Mm -hmm. Do I, am I a part of Jesus loving everyone? And that's, Like that's the Good Samaritan, right? Like the story Mm -hmm. of the Good Samaritan is I helped this person when I knew they probably hated me because I was a Samaritan. Samaritan. It's not this person Mm -hmm. I hate helped. It was I helped you even though I know you hate me. Yeah. And that is that that's what you've articulated here is mm-hmm. I'm going to be I'm going to be a part of Jesus loving this person anyway that we're going to get a little soapboxy <laughs> at this moment. But I'm just so excited and burdened at the same time by by that phrase that stuck out to me. So. I love the connection there. I think this is something that mm-hmm. I struggled with personally. And I think having had a lot of conversations about it, too, it seems like in the faith space, like there's the church and there's mm-hmm. counseling and mental health care. Mm-hmm. But that statement really ties it all together. It's sort of like, mm-hmm. how is that connection there? Because if you're a minister, you might be thinking, well, I'm not a counselor. And we even talked about that and the importance of referring mm-hmm. out. And there are times for professional help, but there mm-hmm. is a way to love yeah. and care for people holistically. And I really yeah. love the way that you've articulated that. Like I've just been sitting here this whole time. Like, oh my gosh, it is possible. Yeah. And people are mm-hmm. out there doing it. And it's yeah. so thank you for sharing. So encouraging. Mm. Well, God. Jasmine, we are super excited that you were here with us today. We loved learning from you. And I know that the audience listening will as well. If people want to connect via social media or something like that to maybe follow up with you, what's a, what's yeah. a good way that they can reach you? Great question. Um, so we have, there's a, like a reality LA gospel care account for social, for us on social media, rla.gospelcare. So you can, that you can find that through our reality LA, um, Instagram, my own personal, like marriage and family therapy kind of practice is Jaslyn MFT. There's not a lot of Jaslyn MFTs out there. So that would be me. <laughs> 
yeah, so that'd probably be the best way like to connect, but even just like email jaslyn.d at realityla.com. You know, I always tell people, don't be shy to reach out. I have no problem saying no or honoring my boundaries. So don't make the decision for me. I have no problem (laughs) kind of doing that. Yeah, that's great. Well, everybody hang (laughs) right there. We're going to give you a quick message and we will be right back after this. So don't go anywhere. Stay there. With Parent Partner, planning and scheduling a month of parent ministry content is easier than ever. For just $15.99 a month, Parent Partner provides customizable digital monthly content for you to send directly to parents to help them make the most of four regular weekly discipleship moments with their students. When parents feel prepared to disciple their teenagers, everyone wins. To learn more and subscribe, visit lifeway.com slash parentpartner. Welcome back, everybody. I think it's pretty clear what stood out to me already from that. (laughs) I loved that episode. She is so amazing. And I love what their church is doing. It just, it it blows me away. And again, like I I think I want to just reiterate, I know that not every church is going to go towards this type of model, but you don't have to in order to value the things that they're valuing and to begin to create those spaces where there's teaching and experience together and feedback together and creating those safe spaces where, man, students learn how to care for each other. One of the things that she said, I forget the exact phrasing, but it was basically people don't generally grow up knowing what it means to be emotionally shepherded. And that is, man, that's so true. So what if the church helped in that process of teaching teenagers how to emotionally shepherd each other to bear, to bear with one another? It would make such a difference in student ministry and the evangelism connection to that of like, if somebody's not just your project, like here's how to care for and listen to someone and how to bring Jesus. Like that's how we introduce Jesus to people. And then the be, be part of Jesus loving someone else like that's anyway, as I said all of that in the episodes, I don't want to reiterate everything. I, just, I guess I just did reiterate everything. I want to hear from you guys. What, what, what we learned today kind of same thing Ben. those were huge that stood out to me but it also had me thinking like if we go back to the episode that came out not too long ago but with the episode with mike taylor where he talked about post-christian culture and relationships yeah and then tie that on with what jaslyn just said like that's just huge like listen to people it's not so much like you you said it but you know i think so often we try to get through our abcs we try to get through whatever it is you know and we don't really listen yeah and i know personally like i have to look inward because i'm that my natural tendency is to analyze if somebody's talking to me and I won't necessarily listen. It's, oh, how can I come up with responses either? You know, I guess the sinful side is so I can win the argument or in those kind of cases, but that shouldn't be the case. So I've yeah. got to, like, I love how she put it, you know, be a part of Jesus loving someone mm-hmm. and just take time and listen. Yeah. Like, it's so huge. It's like to take that another step farther. It's like it, even to continue a conversation of connecting the church and faith plus caring for someone's mental health is the Holy Spirit. Like it's not just listening. Like you can, mm-hmm. you can do plenty of secular research on how to listen, but uh, it's not just listening to someone you're in conversation with, but listening to the Holy Spirit and being receptive to the Holy Spirit there. Yeah. That that is there are so many different elements that are part of healing and part of that discipleship conversation. That it's it's not this or it's this right. and mm-hmm. um it was really strong and so i was had a question for you ben to maybe take the practical steps another step further for student ministry so like what does this look like in a practical sense in a discipleship environment for students maybe from a student pastor to student and then kind of on the flip side of that like student to student can we set 
can we help folks set up a scenario of what that would look like? Yeah. So I, I think it has to start with the training of, of leaders. And I don't want, like, we talk about training people a lot in this, but you heard Jaslyn talk about it too. Like this is something that their staff team went through before they unveiled it to everybody else. It's something all of their lead team, like their small group leader. It's something that they were all familiar with before, keyword, before they started sewing it into the fabric of everything that they do. So I think creating those environments has to start with us as leaders and have to say, this is something I'm willing to be in. And then we have to bring everybody else. And I think we need a guide for that. Mm. I think that there needs to be someone to show us how, because it's that handshake between counseling and learning how to care. And so if that's finding like a biblically centered counselor in your area to say, hey, this is what I would like to do. Help, can you help f- us figure out how to do that? Because again, not every church is going to put this mm-hmm. in there uh, as a staff position, but I do think that you can weave gospel care and a partnership with clinical counseling together without a staff position. Mm-hmm. It just takes saying, I'm going to bring an expert in to show me. I'm going to bring an expert in to show us Mm -hmm. and then to implement it. And then with teenagers, look, there's no secret that teenagers can be really harsh and cruel, right? Like we've seen obviously that adults can too, Mm -hmm. but there are like those years are hard. And sometimes those student ministry years, the difficulty of that comes out in someone's life with them lashing out towards another person. And so I think we, you have to take small steps here to create safe environments where teenagers will share and care with each other. But here's the cool thing. Like I really believe once a student sees when I share, somebody's going to care, mm-hmm. that will spread. Yeah. That yeah. opens the door for more people to be able to do that. And at an appropriate level of vulnerability, when a leader says, I am hurting I was in need of care and I was equipped and grew through that. That's a powerful, powerful testimony. Yeah. I will, and I love that sort of charge that she gave that when people, when people can be on the other side of that too, like if someone's having a difficult time being willing to receive care of like, Hey, would you be willing to give care to someone else? And I think about some relationships I had in the church when I was in college of like being part of a mentor program, but then also being a mentor too. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's such a good biblical model of, of that. You pointed it out too, like stole the words out of my mouth. She said, chief participant of healing. And I think that's such a charge to ministry leaders. We've been talking about it a lot lately on our platforms. If you haven't noticed of just, just a really a challenge of be a part of this, you know, it's, it's important right now. And if we're helping show students how to be part of that, that it's important for us to be participating in it too. What a great episode. I hope that you all learned along with us as we did. Thanks again to Jaslyn for being a part of this. This has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We'll see you next time.